All righty. Ladies, Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode that we would like to call the Area Attack Podcast. I'm your host, Michael. As always, uh, listen to the show on the Unhinged Sports Network every Friday morning at 11 o'clock Eastern Time and the encores throughout the week. But uh, before I introduce a special guest of mine, as always, feel free to listen to the show on iTunes, Google, and let's say Amazon Music and even iHeartRadio, just to name a few. But wherever you get your, uh, plat- uh, your podcast platforms from, uh, definitely uh, search the Area Tech Podcast and we will uh, be able to probably hook you up. But in the meantime, let's get down to business. Uh, special guest is a good buddy of mine right here from the 405 here in Oklahoma City. David, welcome to the show and welcome to the Area Attack Podcast. Thanks, Mike. Thanks for having me. Hey, thank you for reaching out and it's an honor. You know, you're always welcome to come on and, and of course, uh, for all you listeners out here, we got uh, quite a bit of show today. <clears throat> If I can talk, right, the allergies here in Oklahoma has kind of been kicking my rear, rear, but we'll make this happen. But, but of course, a lot to get to. Uh, First and foremost, uh, Super Bowl 55 has arrived. Uh, Of course, we got uh, Tampa Bay and Tom Brady, of course, Patrick Mahomes and Kansas City. Uh, David, your thoughts on last week's championship weekend? could, I mean, of course, a lot of people are out there saying, is the league fixed at this point? Of course, Tampa Bay being the first home team to host it and the first home team to actually play in it. Of course, you got Tom Brady. But uh, in the meantime, David, what's your thoughts on last week's championship weekend and what do you uh, look forward to as we head into Super Bowl 55? Well, uh, like you said, it's the first home game for a Super Bowl team in their home stadium. And leave it to Tom Brady to do that. You know, it's like... You know, everybody don't either you love him or you hate him, and <laughs> he's like sticking to all his haters and saying, "Hey, I'm still gonna make history, even though I'm not in New England." And I think it's gonna be a great game. You've got, you know, he's on the tail end of his career, and you've got the heir appearance of the goat, Patrick Mahomes, and I just think it's gonna be a just a barn burner of a football game. Oh, absolutely, and and you know, of course. I'll, I'll, I'll be lying to say I'm not a humongous Tampa, um, Tampa Bay fan. Well, that's him, I'm not a humongous Tom Brady fan, but at the same time, like you said, he's one of, you know, either you love him or you hate him. And I think there's more haters out there than you actually love him, of course, the city of Tampa Bay. But, you know, of course, uh, you know, it's going to be an interesting matchup. You got Tampa Bay, a team that I didn't think would even get there remotely to the Super Bowl, even prior to the season. I didn't think think that they were going to even be in the playoffs. I'll I'll own up to that. But um, it's the former former league. You know, it's the face of the – if you want to call it that. It's kind of like a um, face of the league Super Bowl type of thing. Tom Brady kind of was the face of the NFL. Now Patrick Mahomes is slowly getting there if he hasn't already gotten there. Could you – let's just say plays devil's advocate. If Kansas City happens to repeat – of course, the first time since New England done it and Denver prior to that. Could Patrick Mahomes, could we see a next Tom Brady and Patrick Mahomes? I think so. Because if you uh, think about it, the uh, it could be a literal passing of the torch if Patrick Mahomes wins. It could literally, they could be at midfield and they could just say, Tom Brady could say, hey, Patrick, you know, I'm done. And then it goes off and says, I'm retiring from football, and then Patrick Mahomes is the next Tom Brady. 
I could easily see that. I think it's, you know, whether you say, you know, not just specifically you, but people out there in general know I had a conversation with a buddy of mine on his podcast last week, and and it was brought up, do I think the game's fixed? To an extent, I think there's kind of a storyline, not as fixed as much as the NBA is, but I think money is definitely involved in some of these leagues. But nonetheless, whether it is or isn't, um, Fact of matter is, is Tom Brady, of course, is back. <clears throat> excuse me, in the Super Bowl, which is which is no surprise. But hey, uh, I know we talk MVP. Aaron Rodgers, I would imagine, will probably win it, even though I don't think he should have, but or should. But you talk MVP. My personal opinion, you would have to at least throw in Tom Brady because without Tom Brady, and that grant the defense is really good. I'm not knocking the defense by any means or taking credit. What credit, what credit is due, but, uh, but uh, without Tom without Brady, Tom Brady I, I don't think Tampa even makes the playoffs, let alone probably even is competitive. Is competitive. Oh no, absolutely! It's they're they're finishing eight and eight at the best without Tom Brady. He just carries just so much knowledge of the game and the ability to run any kind of offense. And I think it was more proof what happened this year is that it wasn't just Tom Brady and Bill Belichick; it was Tom Brady. Mm-hmm. Into the game because you know everybody thought that they would struggle and you know they weren't talking about I don't think Tampa Bay was anybody's pick to even win the NFC let alone you know win a playoff game but absolutely, absolutely. In the Super Bowl and guess what Tom Brady's back <laughs> of course the, of course, the million dollar question of course he claims you know, Gronk, uh, Gronk, uh, Kakowski as well. But Gronk, you know, he says he's going to come back for, 20, for some more football in 2022. Or 2021, I should say. I'm way ahead of myself now. 2021, uh, next season. But I want to ask it. I'm going to kind of get your opinion. Um, let's say Tom Brady wins yet again. Does he retire? Does he end his career on a high note? That's a good question because. I don't, I thought, like I said just a few minutes ago, this could be a little passing in the torch game. But at the same time, if it's like a close game and there's maybe he pulls it out in the end, maybe he's like, you know what? I'm feeling pretty good. I'm going to go for another run. I, I know one I thing. thing. Tom, Tom Brady looks like he can still play another two, three more years. Oh, I know. It's like, he, oh, what he's. What he what he does? Maybe being married to Super Bowl has to do with it. I don't know. <laughs> hey, I mean, if that's what's helping him prolong, you know, I think a while a few years back, he, he I don't know if he was jokingly saying it or he was legit being serious, but I guess you know he wants to play till he's fifty now. He, he's seven years away, so I mean, if he keeps this up, he, he very well could. But now, um, playing well, oldest quarterback ever won a Super. Well, I know he passes. Um, I, I think I, I, think, I know John Airway was thirty-nine when he last won his. I don't know what he would, he would have to be the oldest. Yeah, I think you're right. I think he would have to be the oldest. But uh, no, I mean you can't knock the guy. He's 
He proved me wrong. And like I said, I thought, you know, last year he should have retired. I thought his play was a little bad. Uh, this year you look at him and that kid, that dude's playing like it's like he's right back in New England in his early years. So we'll see. It's going to be an interesting one. Um, I know we're a week and a half out, but. Who do, you, who do you who do you think has an edge, and, and uh, who do you have winning? Is it too early still in your end to say, to say well, someone I think just it's yet? It's going to be a fairly close game back and forth. It's not going to be, you know, one team blow, running away with it. But I think Kansas City has an edge because that team is largely intact from last year's Super Bowl. They've got experience. Tom Brady has experience, mm-hmm. as does Rob Gronkowski. But the rest of the team, Brady doesn't even know what's. I mean, you know, no one likes to win a playoff game, let alone playing the Super Bowl. So I think they're going to kind of be slightly overwhelmed. That's going to allow Kansas City to kind of take an early lead. And then Tom Brady's going to be Tom Brady and bring Tampa Bay back into it. But I think Kansas City's going to win. I'm going to give a score prediction of 27 to 21, Kansas City. You know, and, and I, I think Kansas City wins too. I like Tampa. Uh, the defense is really good. What concerns me is in this game is not concerned, but what gives Kansas City the edge is their offense is just absolutely explosive. Um, I've never seen an offense in NFL at all like this offense is and how quick they can score, of course, you know. I know our next topic will be Oklahoma, of course, you know, if you're in Oklahoma or you know the Big 12, just in general, of course, Oklahoma's offense can score pretty quick too. But Kansas City's offense is just absolutely – they're good. They're absolutely good. And I think that um, even though it would be cool to see Tom Brady win it and then retire because then at least we know he's done, I just think Kansas City's offense is going to be a little too much for their defense. But it's going to be a good one. I think I'm almost in the ballpark as you as well. I think 28-24. I think I think that it's going to be a good one. I actually am looking forward to it even though it is Kansas City. But, hey, I respect him, and I got a good buddy of mine. He's a Chiefs fan, so I'll – I'll, uh, I hope that uh, they do well, but it's going to be interesting uh, nonetheless. I know um, Buffalo played well, but we'll see. I know we're a week and a half away, but um, we're a week, getting close to a week now uh, for Super Bowl 55. But, again, uh, it's going to be interesting nonetheless uh, what Tom Brady does, uh, even Patrick Mahomes. Um, but definitely, but definitely uh, Tom Brady. I kind of want to see how he does in the spotlight maybe one last time. Most definitely on that. Switching, Switching NFL, NFL to college, to college uh, where I love the college game quite a bit. Um, your thoughts? I mean, that's okay. So let's recap. Let's recap the 2020 season for Oklahoma. Of uh, course, started out pretty decent, you know, pretty good against Missouri State, but we all expected that. Of course, they ran into a chainsaw of a, of a back-to-back stint for the first time I think since 1998. They haven't lost back-to-back games and started the season off one and two. Hasn't happened since practically 96 or I forgot what they said, but. But you look at but Oklahoma, a team that got rolling, especially after that four-overtime thriller. Um, that I'm pretty sure all the Sooner fans probably have no uh, – they're probably just now growing back their fingernails from. But you're, <laughs> they, they took care of business, of course, finished out the Big 12, got back in the Big 12 championship game, of course, beat a really good Iowa State team. And, of course, cremated, um, which we'll get to here in a second, uh, Florida. 
your thoughts, your on, thoughts Lincoln on Lincoln Riley's performance as a head coach? Um, of course, none of us Sooner fans really had high expectations. I mean, theoretically, I'm sure there's probably about that handful that really had us winning the national championship, even though that wasn't realistic. Um, but but your overtake, your overtake, your take on this year's team and season, and what do you, what do you look, look as the program? The program? Are, you are you excited about being a senior fan? Of course, I know you probably, know you probably want to bring up all the transfers we got coming in. If I'm a senior fan, or even college football in general, this team right here is going to be really fun to watch come 2021. Yeah, exactly, because I think that the Sooners had a, a above expectations year. I mean, for the first time in his young coaching career, Lincoln Riley had to deal with an incoming quarterback making his season debut versus someone who had experience as a transfer. You know, because his first year had Baker Mayfield, and then the next mm-hmm. year he had uh, Kyler Murray, and then last year he had Jalen Hurts, all of who had big game experience. Spencer Rattler, and then, of course, the offense had a few guys depart for the NFL. He had C.D. Lamb, the best receiver in Oklahoma history. Uh my opinion, go to the NFL. So they had, you know, a brand new team as far as the offense is concerned. Of course, the defense was still improving under uh, Alex Grinch. But uh, they had a very good year. And I think it, the, the they stumbled a little bit in the Big 12, of course. I, I always say the Big 12 is the biggest competitive conference. Just the teams are so close mm-hmm. together that anybody can win on any given Saturday. Yep. And oh, absolutely. Oh, absolutely. Oh, absolutely. I agree with you on that. And I think when they lost Iowa State for the second uh, year in a row, no, it was Kansas State second year in a row, and they lost Iowa State. That back-to-back losses that kind of put them on the back, and they kind of lost their balance. But that game against Texas, as much as the still it was, I mean, I had to start making cardiologist appointments after that one. Because I was, like, I was like, I had to go money, money. I was like, dude, I need some help because I don't know if I can survive another Saturday like that. <laughs> but it was like, yeah, I was like, the, the doctors were busy on Monday morning. I can guarantee you that much. But uh, there was a, if you look at the, if you were able to look, I'm sure there was an increase in blood pressure and medication prescriptions over that weekend. But uh, that game, I think, instilled some confidence in Oklahoma, and they were able to finish the season strong, and that Big 12 championship game against uh, Iowa State was just something else. I thought Oklahoma was going to blow it, and then, what do you know, the defense steps up in in clutch again and um, does that. And then, of course, the Cotton Bowl, that was was a (laughs) one, one football game out there for the ages. And I don't know, Florida, I wouldn't want to say Florida was overrated, but they didn't show up. And I think Oklahoma took advantage of that and just kind of just stepped on them and just said, you know what, we're going to make a statement because we're tired of all the people saying we can't win the postseason and all this other stuff. We're just going to step on the gas and show everybody that Oklahoma's back. And with all the transfers and everybody saying this, I'm really excited about seeing what Oklahoma can do, playing a full schedule this year and um, making a run at the college football playoff and finally getting Big 12 that CFP win that they're the only power five conference by the playoff. 
Yeah, and um, yeah, I agree with you. I know on my end, um, I didn't go to a cardiologist. I probably should have after that game. I can guarantee you that. But uh, I think my adrenaline was absolutely through the roof, and it, it took a while, a good few hours to uh, to decline after after that game. I don't, man, I, I don't, I don't recall another at least OU Texas. I'll at least put it at that point. Uh, I don't recall a River 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 shootout, River River River, whatever you want to crap you want to call it these days. Um, I don't ever recall that good of a game between those two teams that literally was on edge the entire game. But no, I agree with you. Um, I think, excuse me, I think the Texas game was the team. It was a game that. Uh, that really got this team going, especially on the defensive side. We all know, of course, everyone that's listening to the podcast is probably and there's a few out there that I won't single you out, but they uh, they felt the need to uh, to troll me during the Florida game. But you know, I'll I'll uh, take that. But you know, it's uh, the defense looks good. Um, Alex Grinch, which well, I'll, I'll say something here in a second about him, but he's got them in the right position, and that speed D is really starting to show because, boy, these kids are fast. Yeah, it, he's got that defense stepped up for sure. And one of the things that I noticed a couple of years ago with Mike Stoops was that the players were, you know, playing back. And letting the players catch, the receivers catch the ball, and then we just try to tackle them, and then they would just, you know, they would miss, and then the receiver would have a just a wide open path to the end zone. But Alex Grinch has got that defense aggressive, and it would take a couple of years because the players aren't used to playing that. And once he's got his players in there that he wants to, that he knows they can do what he needs wants to do, the sky's the limit for his defense. Oh, absolutely. Um, it's, it's unbelievable. I know with me last year, for the exception of the quarterback position, I still thought the defense was still my biggest question mark. And uh, they played phenomenally well, of course. You know, whether, and like you said, in the Cotton Bowl, I thought well, that was a humongous statement. I get that there's a few people that's probably going to listen to this. I know one of them is actually a, a host of a show on the network, but. I get, I get that Florida, you know, opted out, which I think I've heard that word probably almost every other, every other thirty seconds. I think the uh, the broadcast team said opted out. I don't think that was another word I heard. But I get, you know, that's part of the game. But hey, if and of course the coach doesn't want to recognize that loss. I just find it very funny that you know we the OU fans. Um, the not the OU fans, the SEC fans. Of course, once they find out that the SEC team plays OU, it's hilarious that all what 14 conference teams, all 14 fan bases are practically joining together to raise Hob against Oklahoma, which I find it hilarious. But then, you know, Oklahoma, excuse me, dismantles Florida, and then, uh, it's it's well, they opted out, um. They, you know, they don't have enough practices. Well, they both play on Championship Sunday so or Championship Saturday, so they both have the same amount. But anyway, um, no, the sky is the limit for Oklahoma. 
unbelievable. It's unbelievable what this program could do in 21. Hopefully, um, they can get the entire non-conference schedule in there because um, they get Nebraska back to Norman. I don't know about you, David, but I sure do miss the OU Nebraska games. Definitely one of those old school rivalries that you look forward to every year. I mean, you had the uh, game of the century way back before I think you and I we were born. And then yep. you had the uh, classic in 2001 when uh, OU was on their way to their most recent national championship that turned out to be a barn burn of a game. But I'm hoping that Nebraska's kind of got these. Uh, Kinks worked out because I want to play a Nebraska team that is tooth and nail with OU versus a team that we're just going to kick to the curb and like any other non-conference game. Well, that's what I'm hoping for too. Um, you know, I know Nebraska's program hasn't been the same since well, really since they left the Big Twelve. They they haven't been competitive at all. Um, Hopefully Scott Frost can get this team going. I know they got quite a bit of transfers that left the program. As far as I know, they got the quarterback back. I'm not for sure on that one. But hopefully, like you said, I really do hope that Nebraska at least is, is more competitive. I mean, at least turning the page on that program. It's it's going to be – it should – well, hopefully it's a good game. I'd like to see a good game. If Nebraska hasn't turned the page, um, I would imagine that Oklahoma should take care of business pretty handily in Norman. Yeah, and I think it will be good for the players because they can rekindle a bit of a rivalry and maybe we can see how this game goes. And then, of course, the other game in the series goes and maybe we can uh, schedule a non-conference game every year and rekindle the rivalry. Hey, I want to I want to complain to that about that. I know my dad. Uh, I'm hoping he can make it to September, uh, Lord willing, and, and I can try to get him somehow in there. But I haven't heard anything, of course, on fan attendance last year, 25 percent, and so on and so forth. So we'll see about that. But of course, the quarterback that led Oklahoma's victory over uh, Nebraska way back in the early 2000s, if not the turn of the century, Josh Heupel. David, Josh Heupel is the new head coach of Tennessee coming back or coming from Central Florida where I thought he did decent. I wasn't really impressed with what he did there, but it was decent. Uh, your thoughts on Josh Heupel and what do you think he can or can't do in the SEC? Well, I think he's going to be a decent coach. Uh, he's got the ability to be a halfway decent coach and – I'm really wishing that Bob Stoops is still around because that OU Tennessee game just got a whole lot more interesting with this. Line. Yep. <laughs> and it would be interesting to see, you know, a quarterback face his former coach in a big game. I mean, the, the ESPN would just eat it alive and they would market this thing. But alas, we're kind of stuck in the thing there. But there's actually quite an interesting incentive in his contract. I don't know if he saw this, Mike, but if the NCAA comes down on sanctions with him, his contract is automatically extended. So he gets another season if they get, you know, banned from postseason play and lose scholarships, whatever. He automatically gets an extension wow. to see what he could do. That being said, I don't think these first two years are going to be very good. Um, if he can get to 500, that would be a win because the players are leaving the program 
because mm-hmm. they know something's coming. You look at what happened in LSU. Half the team graduates or goes to the NFL, and the NCAA says, well, we complete an investigation, and then LSU finishes the bottom bracket to become the afterthought to a national championship run follow-up season. And I don't think Tennessee is going to be very good the first two years, especially if they have sanctions. And if those sanctions are even further, it could be three years down the road before Josh Heifel has any kind of success. That being said, I wish him the best of luck because he's going to have his hands full over there in uh, Knoxville. Oh, I agree with you. Yeah, I wish him the best of luck. I know um, him and Oklahoma kind of left on – from what article I read, more went behind the scenes than what we think. But I know he left on pretty bad terms. Of course, the OU fans were not uh, happy with how his play calling was towards the end of his career here at Oklahoma. But nonetheless, that's in the past. But no, um, no, I didn't know that. How many years? I don't know if you know this or not. I know I haven't seen anything, so I'm definitely clueless. How many years did they sign Josh Heupel? Do you know? I think it's five years. But if it's say, let's say they get both. And uh, for the postseason for one year, that contract is automatically six years. And in two years, it's seven years. So for every year that they're under sanctions, as a year that's automatically in, added to the end of his contract. So he could theoretically be the coach through the end of 2027. Wow. Yeah, I did not know that. I know because um, I kept trying to find anything. But of course, I couldn't find anything on his contract wise or. Anything, but no, I do definitely wish him the best of luck because he's he's going to be stuck in a conference that uh, is it's pretty darn good, regardless of how I think the ESPN, the Fox Sports, are guru over the SEC. But um, nonetheless, hopefully, I mean, I if he can get eight wins a year, I think he's doing something. It's a lot better than what Tennessee has gotten in the last decade, and. Um, he just, I just feel bad for him or anybody for that matter, but it's definitely Josh. The fact that you know you get stuck with Georgia and Alabama and LSU and Florida and so on and so forth. So, hey, another OU coach, Shane Beamer, you know, he took the South Carolina job. I'm kind of curious of how, of, uh, how he's gonna, um, do that as well. Yeah, I'm look at the schedule to see if South Carolina plays Tennessee because if they do. That's a game I'm going to find a way to watch because I want to see Shane Beamer versus Josh Heifel. <laughs> well, while you look that up, um, I got some coaching news right before the show started. Uh, quite a bit. If you're an Oklahoma fan, you're going to know both names really well. Uh, Mike Stoops is the new defensive coordinator for Florida Atlantic. Yeah, that's a so my, that's, that's, that's <laughs> higher. I mean, it's. Who knows what he can do there at Fort Atlantic. But uh, the fact that there were rumors that he was going to Texas was like, holy cow. Can you imagine a stoop coaching Texas? I mean, it was going to be just a simple linebacker's coach, you know, the assistant to the assistant. But at the same time, just seeing a, a member of the Stoops family wearing that disgusting burnt orange, no offense to the Texas. Just what have just, oh, really, really, just really been a head scratcher, but who knows what he'll do there in uh, that there at FAU. I just again wish him luck, but uh he's not exactly a defensive coach. I mean it's why he got fired from Oklahoma. 
<laughs> I wish him the best. I, I don't know. You know, I was kind of—I ain't gonna lie—I was kind of hoping he would have went to Texas, just because I would have loved to be the ones for us to be the reason why he got fired at Texas yeah. down the road. Nonetheless. <laughs> He gets fired. <laughs> that would have, he would have, that would have been one heck of a black on his resume. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't, I've driven by once uh, the University of Texas. That's when the, the wife and I were coming back from, um, from San Antonio. And I don't realize how, we were driving through Austin. I don't realize that that piece of crap stadium was literally off of the highway. Um, nonetheless, it's the most disgusting university and definitely the most disgusting colors. Yeah, and I, I'm pretty sure that they are listening, and that's perfectly fine. It comes with the rivalry. Um, but no, Florida Atlantic, I wish them the best. You know, they got hopefully it's a Mike Stoop that we know from the early 2000s. Who knows what he can do down there? Hopefully, he can recruit and maybe help him out, win a few games, ball games here and there. Of course, uh, right before I got on the show, rumors, of course, it's just rumors. I'm not really going to go into too much. Of course, it's just a uh, name to watch out for. I'm hearing that Alex Grinch's name could be potentially listed on the potential uh, head coaching job for the UCF job. Yeah, it's one of those things. It's like these people, like these universities have their short list of things, and then they interview, and then it just doesn't come to, uh, come to the pass or whatever, for whatever reason. But I think Alex Grinch is going to stay as much as they're going to interview him and – the reason they interview is they get experience on interviewing. So when they do want, of course, to, they yeah. do want to say, "Hey, I want." They have experience in interviews. You know, it's like I'm not necessarily going to take the job, but I want the experience of having an interview, know what it's like. So later on in my career, I can have that experience of having an interview. But um, I think he's going to stay at Oklahoma for a couple more years because he's committed to seeing this defense transformed, and he's got some defensive momentum. Oh, I'm with you on that. I, I don't um, I don't see him leaving. I think he's just like Lincoln Riley. I think he's – I think they both are, but I definitely think Alex Grinch as well. They are so much in the gold mine of a job right now that literally he's got this defense. Oh, if he hasn't already, he's, oh, he's about two yards out from getting this defense to where he wants it. Um, practically, you know, cleaned house in regards to players transferring out because – you know, that was pretty much Mike Stoops' guys and so on and so forth. So, um, I know I, I think I'm with you. I think he stays. I, I would hate to – well, it would definitely suck if he did leave. But I would definitely um, – yeah, I think he's fine. Uh, he's in a good spot. Of course, Lincoln, definitely a good spot. And uh, these these two guys, along with Bill Bindendo uh, and uh, so on and so forth. The risk, the Markhamer, the whole entire coaching staff. I think they're in good spots. That this could be the next few years could be really special. Yeah. So, what do you think about uh, Steve Sarkeesian being the head coach of Texas? How long are you gonna think they could give him before they start looking again? <laughs> well, the question is, <laughs> I'm glad you brought that up. And I'm yeah, taking another jab at him, but the question is, who's gonna, who's going to get fired first? Or why would he be fired? No, answer your question first before I go, kind of joke. Um, of course, next year he's safe. 
if he hasn't done anything by at least 2024, I think he's out. Unless he gets so addicted to the alcohol like he did at USC, and he could be fired in two games, as like happened at USC. It's, it's definitely interesting. Uh, I, was, I was pleasantly surprised to see Tom Harbin get the kick because I was looking forward to, you know, whipping him up every year, um, <laughs> especially with the improvements we've made, you know. But, you know, it doesn't matter who the head coach has done. That university's a mess. <laughs> the fan base is so, you know, so demanding. I think the coaches just can't handle it. No, I, I, I'm with you on that. And it reminds, you know, first off, when you fire coaches like they did with Mac Brown, they want to go after, you know, you get new game plays. What was it? Charlie Strong they went after. Well, that went nowhere. His, his claim to fame was you beat OU once and you lost to Kansas, I think, the week after. So, I mean, congrats to that. You, you definitely made history. Then you bring in Tom Herman, the guy that rode his name from Ohio State to, I think, Houston or some rinky-dink school, rode his name and really didn't. I mean, your best year is 2018. You couldn't beat OU in the Big 12 championship game. You really should have beat him the first in the Cotton Bowl, but whatever. Um, no, the, the, organiz- the organization, the university in general, from what I'm hearing, is really in the uproar. It's a total mess down there. Uh, the athletic department itself is is really messed up because from what I heard, I forgot if I heard it under sports local sports radio here in Oklahoma City or where, but you know supposedly Steve Sarkeesian wants to bring in some other coach, board of regents or the boosters or somebody's is saying, well, no, that we don't want him here or so on and so. So I don't even know. Um, I'm glad I'm not a Longhorn fan. I know that, but. Um, I don't know the answer to your question. He won't last very long. I think he's. If he does decent, I don't know what they were last year. I think eight and four or something like that. But if they do decent this year, uh, twenty-two, give him. He's going to have to win ten games pretty early, either twenty-two or twenty-three. He's going to have to win ten games. I don't. I don't think he lasts very long. To answer your question, I think twenty twenty-four. If he hasn't won a Big Twelve championship, make it to the playoff game at least once. I think he's out the door. And it goes to show you that it doesn't, it's the athletic and the boosters that run these colleges because if they're not happy, ain't nobody happy. <laughs> oh, absolutely. And Steve Sarkeesian, I think someone likes tweeting me out. Um, I'm more active on there than I was Facebook, but someone said, well, did you like what Alabama did to Notre Dame and, and what they did to Ohio State? How does it make you feel? It's Alabama we're talking about. We ain't talking about Texas. We're talking about Alabama. Alabama's program is 10 times more of attractive than Texas's is. Um, and the Ohio State was overrated. Oh, yeah. And they should, they should have been in the playoff game. No, I'm not sitting here saying, well, you're going to say OU is. No, I don't think OU should have been either. They were the hottest team at the time. You could have made that argument. I still thought Cincinnati at least gave him one shot. Yeah, whatever. Exactly. What happened with Ohio State this year? You don't need any more proof that money runs the college football because, yep. Yep. you know, the Big Ten says we're not going to play. Halfway through September, they said, okay, we're going to play a limited schedule, but you have to play at least six games to qualify for the championship. 
saw Ohio State goes out there, and then they cancel games. They play a game, another two get canceled. And all of a sudden, he's coming down to Ohio State, Michigan to get their, their sixth game. And then, boom, it gets canceled. So, what do you do? Well, the Big Ten says, rather than staying on the ground, they bend over backwards and say, okay, well, we're going to change the rules at the end of the season to make sure that we don't miss it on these big-time dollars from the CFP. And that was a slap to the face of Cincinnati because, you know, Cincinnati played a full schedule mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. to the best of their ability, and then they get, they get screwed over, lack of a better term, because Ohio State was the bigger, more attractive program. Well, exactly, and and well, I get exactly. people say, well, you know, that was one of them, so I'll own it up as well. Is, well, Cincinnati hasn't played. Well, I get that, but if we want to expand the playoffs, here's a good chance. Let's just see if Cincinnati can compete with Alabama. They did very well against Georgia. I won't lie. I didn't think they were at all. They did very well against Georgia in the Chick-fil-A Peach Bowl. Should have won that game, actually. But sure, they game, played actually. really, really well but against Georgia. Really, now, am really I going to sit here and say they would have done that to Alabama? Yeah, no. They could have got steamrolled probably by 70. I really don't know. We won't ever know. Notre Dame obviously wasn't – Notre Dame obviously, they couldn't compete with Alabama. Granted, Alabama, this year team, is probably one of the best I've seen in a long time, if not ever. This team was too good. It didn't matter who you had on the other side. It could have been Oklahoma. It could have been Texas A&M again. Nobody was going to beat these guys. Yeah, especially when you got three of the five finalists all at once. Yeah, nobody's going to beat these guys. But, hey, let's give it a shot. I mean, but hey, no, you're you're, you're you're spot on. No, you're, um, you're, you're, you're Ohio State, on. the Big Ten, you Ohio know, punished State, Wisconsin. You guys had either too many canceled games, not enough games to qualify. But hold up, Ohio State. Oh well, but they're you know they're in. Of course they are because, like you said, it's the top money dollar, and that's what they wanted. And money talks, and unfortunately. I'm glad Ohio State lost because they shouldn't have been in. They shouldn't have won at all. I mean, I know that's a sour push way to say it, but hey. I get OU runs a Big 12, but, you know, if, we're, if we can't make the playoff, we can't make the playoff. So. Yeah. <laughs> Excuse me, but um, – I've heard, I read Twitter, of course, you know, internet nowadays, you, you can't believe anything as it is. You can't believe anything. But someone tweeted out, and I'll kind of get your opinion. 2025, I guess a contract runs up in 2025. Uh, the Big 12 television conference, uh, contract does. Now, it's just hearsay. That's how I look at it this way. Because, you know, when the Big 12, when, the, when all these conference teams are going to realign and, and expand, OU is this, that, and something else. But Texas was, I read, was interested in the Pac-12. Do you see the Big 12, let's just say the contract runs at 24. Do you eventually see the Big 12 disbanded to where they either jump to the SEC or uh, the Pac-12, the Big 10, depends on who you are. And the other team may have to go to that conference, the smaller conferences. Do you think that do, could you see David eventually Big Twelve being practically defunct? Probably so, especially if they don't get the playoff win. Um, because if that it's, it's, it's that ugly thing is hanging over their heads, 
there's pressure to get Oklahoma, which is about the only team that can really compete in the in the CFP, to get that win. And I think it's gonna if they if they do disband, the teams are probably gonna go to geographic. You know, Oklahoma and Oklahoma State are probably gonna join the uh, SEC. Uh, I don't Texas. I can't imagine Texas being in the Pac-12. It's they're too far east. If you know yeah, what I mean. Yeah, they are. Yeah. And yeah, I mean Colorado's a little too far east for the Pac-12. But that's just me. But uh, I think uh, I think Iowa State, if the Big 12 were to disband, Iowa State would just join the Pac, the, the Big Ten with their in-state counterpart, and they would keep that rivalry going. And um, far as uh, let's see, the Texas teams would probably form their own mini conference, so to speak, or join one of the conferences there in Texas because. You don't want too many teams in one conference. The SEC's already got 14, and the Big Ten has 16, and that's a bit big mm-hmm. one conference. Mm-hmm. I mean, because I love to see the conference teams play each other at least once, like the Big 12 does, but with the SEC and the Big Ten being so darn big, it's impossible. Yep. So I think, uh, like, TCU, Baylor, Texas Tech will probably either join one of the – conferences there in Texas, so just form their own little mini-conference with a couple of the teams that are, uh, they would probably grab a, a, a couple teams from the uh, their conference down in Texas, and who knows, they can just call it the Lone Star Conference. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, I think so, and I, and I think eventually well, Oklahoma I leaves. I don't I see if things don't start changing in regards to getting the conference their actual own network like you have the SEC and I get that you have the Longhorn network and well you know that's that's their own that's their own idea if they want to do that but you know if the SEC I think the Big Ten has one the ACC you know a team I love for the Big Twelve to go after and I just don't know if it's going to happen um, because it has so much good success this year, at least in the ACC, is Notre Dame. I would love to see Notre Dame in the Big 12. I would love to see Notre Dame in the Big 12. Yeah, that would that would be something. And I think that Notre Dame ought to look at it in the Big 10 because they joined the ACC this year because of COVID, so they could compete. And maybe they got a taste of what conference life mm-hmm. is really like, and hopefully they can uh, – Going to going to Big Twelve, that would be that would be a tremendous tremendous gain for the Big Twelve. Oh, absolutely! I think um, oh, you absolutely. know I don't see them think, stretching uh, far out. I think eventually, if push comes to shove in regards to push comes to shove, you know budgets, traveling expenses. I think West Virginia could be probably your best team that may just say, "Hey, we love you guys," but. Due to with all this other stuff that could potentially take place due to COVID, you know, budgets are going to start increasing or decreasing here and more strict. I could see West Virginia just bouncing out, maybe going to the ACC or, or, um, the I don't know where else. I guess that'd be a bit the, the American, yeah, that was the one I was looking for. I know there's another one that's kind of sound like the ACC, but I'm like, I'm missing one here, kind of sound like the ACC, but I mean, it may make and as but, much as I love Cincinnati, I don't think Cincinnati would be a good fit for the uh, Big 12. I think that the thing is you have to think about traveling, yep. you know, when you're in a conference because, yep. you know, you play your non-conference games and you play your conference games. And 
you don't want to be having a whole bunch of travel like these NFL teams where you're traveling across the country to play in week in, week out. You have a West Coast game and you have an East Coast game. You have to think about the logistics. Because unlike the NFL, these kids have classes that they, mm-hmm. they can't just spend half the week traveling to and from games and miss, you know, have to, you know, go to the class digitally, you know. Thanks to pandemic, we know what it's like to go to school online. Right. <laughs> it's not going to work for these kids. Right. They have to you know, play ball and you know, all this other stuff. So you have to think logistics. Well, exactly. And, you know, eventually the pandemic well, hopefully exactly. is going to get you know, under control to where we have somewhat of a somewhat of a normal back life again. So, I mean, like you said, they're going to eventually we're going to get back to that position to where they're going to have to. You know, you got school, and like you said, online school is really the biggest thing. I'm sure it saved all of us at this point, but um, it's going to be interesting nonetheless. Um, I know as we wrap up the show, David, your thoughts on Urban Meyer? Um, I didn't. Some people love it. I don't really. I'm not impressed with it. Uh, do could we see another? You know, Steve Spurrier failed in the NFL. Nick Saban failed in the NFL. I know I'm missing a few others, but uh, is he going to join the list, or do you think he may actually have success in Jacksonville? Well, I I think he's going to be a big fail because he's been out of coaching for so long, and he doesn't know what the NFL. The NFL and in college football are completely different. As far as managing coaching, mm-hmm. you got players that are um, that are more talented, and they're, they're little, it's just a different ball game. I mean, you're not used to getting a new group of players every few years. You're dealing with the same players for long years. I mean, look at Drew Brees in New Orleans. You know, 17 years in New Orleans, and you know the most you'll get out of a college player. You know. You get you they get on campus. They only usually redshirt right away, and then you get maybe three years out of them, and they declare for the NFL. And the offenses and the defenses schemes are so much more complex. The game's a little bit more uh, fast-paced than you know your college game, and it's a different animal. And I think he's going to join the ranks of these college coaches that make the jump and then find out. I can't handle this. And then they go back to college. Right? I'm with you. I think he's, like I said, I'm not a human. I was never an Urban Meyer fan to begin with. Um, even dating back to his Utah days at the University of Utah. But I just, I, I don't see him succeeding. I, he's in the tough division. Of course, Houston eventually is going to get back to at least competitiveness again. Tennessee is always good. Indianapolis is always good. So, I mean, you guys stuck with a pretty tough, uh, tough division, but. Uh, I think I'm right on the same page with you. I don't see him being successful. I know a lot of people are happy about it. I'm happy for him. I mean, I hope he, hope he does something. But, you know, he's been out for quite a while. And you nailed it. The, the college game on and off the field is a huge difference compared to, to the big boys in the, in the NFL. So, you know, we'll see. Of course, they got the number one overall pick. Now the question is, do they go Trevor Lawrence? Uh, Justin Fields, will he be a homer? I think it'll be a humongous Justin mistake, Fields, but hey, homer, where am I? But yeah, it's it's one of those things where it, you know, we could be looking at you know what happened 17 years ago with Phil Rivers and Drew Brees. Yep. 
you know, it's it, you got Trevor Lawrence and Justin Fields, two quarterbacks, they're at the top of their game, and whoever doesn't get par fixed is picked first, rather, is getting picked second, and then it's going to be okay. Who's who's going to who's going to be the success and who's going to be the bust? Oh, absolutely. And and I oh, honestly absolutely. think it'll be Trevor Lawrence who's the bust. I just I don't see him running an NFL offense very well. I like Justin Fields a little bit better than Trevor Lawrence, in my opinion. Yeah, I'm not a huge uh, Trevor Lawrence fan at all. Uh, yeah, I'm not. You know, a kid, and I'll end on this, a kid I really like, and I haven't watched much, of course, because we don't, we don't, uh, down here we don't get many North Dakota State uh, games, but that kid from North Dakota State, Trey Lance, um, he looks to be a decent, pretty quarter, uh, pretty decent quarterback, I should say, so. I don't know. I mean, hopefully Trevor Lawrence, when he gets into the league, maybe he'll be successful. I just feel bad for him wherever he goes because whether it's the Jaguars or the Jets, you're going to be in a rebuilding mode for quite some time. So You're going to be in a rebuilding mode for quite some time. But uh, all righty, guys, that's the show. David, it's an honor. Um, you're more than welcome to any time. To come back well, on and talk sports, buddy. Oh, yeah. Well, thanks for having me, Mike. It's been a pleasure. And uh, look forward to chatting. Next hey, absolutely. Everyone, again, um, I'll definitely put hey, his stuff on the um, link on the uh, Twitter and definitely follow him. Give him a follow. And, again, uh, listen to us on the Unhinged Sports Network every Friday, 11 a.m. Eastern, as well as the rest of the gang uh, throughout the day and throughout the week. Subscribe and download on iTunes, Google, and all your platform uh, podcast platforms. David, have a wonderful, great rest of your week, and have a wonderful weekend, and I will be talking to you soon, buddy. All right, Mike. Boomer Sooners. Boomer Sooners. Boomer Sooners.